How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Welcome to Locked on the NBA Playoffs. Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA playoffs, Frank. Whoa. Yeah, it felt like a very fitting way for the Bucks to get into the playoffs in the sense that they've obviously been struggling of late and they were still without Malcolm Brogdon on Saturday in Philadelphia. But they were playing a Philly team that obviously is uh, not very good at basketball. So no. um, it, it was not a convincing win, but it was also not a terribly nerve-wracking win uh, once they kind of got out of that funk they were in, uh, what was it, in the second quarter, I guess. Um, and, you know, we, we said on Friday, if, if you know, we've been, we've been continually getting good performances from Giannis and we hadn't been seeing much from Greg Monroe and Chris Middleton, we said, if one of those guys can actually help Giannis, if anybody can help Giannis, <laughs> this is a game you expect the Bucks to win. Greg Monroe did help Giannis out. Chris Middleton was, was not great again, but... Um, but yeah, the Bucks do do enough to win. They they end up ninety to eighty two winners, uh, and not not a super dramatic win, not a super exciting win. But the Milwaukee Bucks have forty one wins, and they've locked up a playoff spot. And you know, certainly, if you think if you step back and you were told at the beginning of the season that this is where the Bucks would be in terms of wins and losses, and Giannis being what he is, and Thon Maker actually playing minutes. Um, you'd feel about good about pretty much everything other than Jabari injury, wouldn't you? Yeah, um, I, I think it's an overwhelmingly uh, positive season. And I, I think that that can be kind of hard to comprehend at times. And But like you said, if you, if you take... If you take a, a very wide look at this, like Giannis is, has taken the next step, which all of us thought he was going to get get better and improve this year but i don't think any of us thought he was gonna he was gonna do it like this like yeah I, I don't think any of us thought he was gonna start the all-star game and i'm not sure he i mean he's gonna be what a uh, second team all nba third team all nba one of the two like, he's he's just totally uh outplayed any expectations that i think we had because we both thought he was gonna have a huge season. <laughs> um, I think back to what we wrote at Brew Hoop, and both of us were thinking 20-plus points, 7-plus assists, 7-plus uh, rebound. Like, we we ha- were thinking he was going to put up crazy numbers, and somehow he's he's almost done even more than that. Uh, so, so that's huge for this team. And like you said, Thon being able to play well and – well, one, just play, and then two, actually looking like an NBA player for uh, a number of those minutes in the last couple months. Like, that's, that's another big thing. And, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a lot of positive, and it's easy to kind of get mired down into complaining about the Bucks and how terrible and disappointing they've been and just being frustrated with stuff. But, yeah, there, there's a lot, of, a lot of good stuff, and making the playoffs is is the next thing on that list of good stuff. Yeah, I think if you te- take a step back, right, I mean, there are a lot of fan bases who would be super excited to be 
a fan of the Milwaukee Bucks right now, which is not something that uh, that we've been able to say very often. And, and obviously, it starts with Giannis, and and it kind of works on down the line through through having you know guys like in particular Chris and and for the future Thon and um, Brogdon as well. Um, obviously, you know would like to see him back sooner rather than later. Um, hopefully, as soon as as Monday night against Charlotte, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, but uh, certainly a, a chance to make this a winning season here with these two games left. Uh, that is not something that I thought was like, you know, was was in the cards, certainly after the Chris Middleton injury. And uh, certainly, you know, in January uh, in the worst in the worst of the, the doldrums that they were in, then I, I certainly did not foresee uh, this team digging themselves out of the hole and uh, and finding them where their way back in the playoffs. And, you know, we've talked a lot about the the luck that maybe they've had in that span and winning lots of close games. And, um, you know, that maybe that should temper our optimism kind of about how good this team is right now. Um, I think we've probably a lot of these losses in the last week have probably done a lot of the tempering for those who, uh, you know, who didn't have it already. Uh, but that's okay. You know, I, I think, um, you know, from a, a, an expectation standpoint, I think especially now with the playoffs locked up with the specter of a, grand collapse now uh thankfully out the window um you know i think i think we can look at this and say anything from here on out is is gravy and um and that's pretty exciting and and you know now it's just a matter of playoff jockeying and um certainly some some strange things continue to happen in the playoff picture both uh both at the top and the bottom and so um, i'm not sure if we'll know by the end of tomorrow night we may know by the end of tomorrow night where the bucks will be or won't be um but I think certainly uh, uh, still an interesting couple days ahead of us. But um, by and large, certainly a lot of size of relief on Saturday night that uh, the Bucks were able to kind of have a little bit of a gut check. And, uh, and, and you know, Giannis apparently playing with a, a bit of a stomach bug, uh, fights through it, 20 points, 10 boards, 6 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks. Really was not at his best, you know, missed a bunch of free throws, started 2 out of 7 from the foul line before hitting his last 4, um, missed some layups, you know, didn't look peak Giannis and yet you know he still puts up that big line got some help from Greg Monroe who, who had been struggling and you know ultimately that was uh, you know got 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 enough help against a Philly team that obviously is is hurt and uh you know is is also missing some pieces and um you know certainly not a not a game to to go nuts over that will not go down as one of the, <laughs> the best wins this season but it is a win, and and that's obviously the most important thing. And um, now the Bucks can can return home for this finale against the Charlotte Hornets, and we'll see. I think last time the Bucks were forty one and forty or forty one and forty, going into a final game of the season. Um, I think that was against Boston. I want to say two years ago that they laid a bit of an egg uh, at home. I think it was, and uh, finished the year at five hundred. And I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm. I'd like to see them finish above 500. Is that is that a big ask? I, I would definitely like to see them finish above 500, <laughs> symbolically to not be fi- 500, to not be the eighth seed. I, I feel like that is something that, as Bucks fans, those you know those numbers have kind of haunted us uh, in terms of what they've meant for the team's ambitions and and the symbolic value of them. And um, I'm I'm hoping that maybe they can they can add at least one more win here in the last couple of games and and try to be a, a 42 win team, which <laughs> isn't great, but hey, it's uh, it's, it's not start. 500. Yeah, it, it would not be a, it would be above 500. Yeah, that would be a cool thing. And I, I guess kind of looking forward a little bit, it, it is funny how the Eastern Conference is just a mess in like every direction like three and four you don't really know what's going to happen with the raptors and wizards like they're still kind of 
I don't know if jockeying is the right word, but they're still kind of going back and forth. And then with the five, six, seven, and eight spots, like the Bucks are still kind of going back and forth. And somebody might be able to catch them, and they might be able to fall. And I don't know. It's just gonna be interesting to see who who they end up getting with that matchup. And you mentioned Giannis and what the stomach bug that he has or what whatnot. I, part of me wonders. With that and with as poorly as we've seen Chris Middleton play, do you think there's any chance in these next two games that they get... I think it'd be... I Personally, I can't imagine a world where Jason Kidd full-out sits either of them. Um, but do you think there's maybe some rest here? Is there maybe uh, a more limited schedule for either of those two guys? Do you think that's a, even a possibility? I, I think it might be possible. Um you know, I, the first thing I thought of was um, I'd have to double check what their numbers are, but the Bucks have been horrible when they've been fully rested this this season. So part of me was thinking, um, you know, realistically, you're going to have a two week extension to your season here. You're, you're not like the Cavaliers where you're gearing up with a veteran <laughs> team that's played 100 games in the last year and you've got to try to figure out how you get through early June. Um, the Bucks, in all likelihood are, are going to play, you know, for basically a week or two beyond the regular season in all likelihood and you know obviously you hope that you can spring an upset in the first round but um you know again you're not budgeting for uh, a two-month playoff run here so uh, i think from a, a practical standpoint I, I would expect certainly they're going to come on guns blazing tomorrow night um the hawks by virtue of just a couple of ridiculous wins over the Cleveland Cavaliers, who should be ashamed of themselves. The, the, the Cavs blew a 26-point fourth quarter Crazy. lead on Sunday. They got they got hand handed to them at home. Um, what was that on Friday or something? Uh, by the same Hawks, despite the fact that they were resting basically everyone. Basically, Mike Dunleavy um, single handedly carried the Hawks to a road win in Cleveland, um, which dropped the the Cavaliers to even with the Celtics. So now the Celtics may very well have something to play for. They don't have the tiebreaker with the Cavs with two games left, but they may well have something to play for on Wednesday when the Bucks uh, are going into Boston as well. So. It's an interesting scenario because um, the Hawks now are are uh, at 42 and 38, uh, 41 and 39 for the Bucks. The Hawks have the tiebreaker, and if the Hawks, you know, basically the Bucks have to win out, the Hawks have to lose out to to be able for to for the Bucks to claim the five seed. Um, and I thought I heard today that the Raptors had locked up the third spot. So I think the three four spots are actually oh uh, they Toronto, do Washington. I would, okay uh, that's what I thought I thought I, I heard today, but we can. Maybe Google here while one of us is talking to, to verify that. But um, but that's obviously important, too, because um, obviously there's a lot of kind of questions about, you know, who, who would the Bucks most want to play? I feel like Boston or Washington would probably be one of the two teams I'd, I'd probably prefer to play, um, which is, of course, a bit weird because that Boston might be the one seed or they might be the two seed and Washington's the four seed. So it, it's definitely a weird spot. Um, and Atlanta, obviously, now coming off. Um, uh, they've won now three in a row and coming off a couple of uh, huge emotional wins um, over the Cavs. I guess in theory they have some momentum. I don't know how much momentum has helped uh, NBA teams <laughs> battling for the Eastern playoff spots here of late. But um, but it will be interesting to see kind of what uh, what that means for for uh, for the Hawks. Uh, they face uh, Charlotte. Let's see, who do they have left? They have Charlotte, and I believe then they play Indy in the season finale. So they play at home on the 11th, uh, so Tuesday. 
against the Hornets, and then they host. Or I'm actually I'd have to double check where the those finales, but it will be against the Pacers. So the Pacers obviously are also in the thick of all this, um, all this playoff stuff happening in the East. So uh, very interesting. The Pacers are game back of the Bucks. They're in seventh at forty and forty, but the Bucks have the tiebreaker there. So um, kind of like with the Bucks and Hawks, um, Bucks chasing the Hawks. Um, the Pacers would have to to win out, and the Bucks would have to lose both of the remaining games in order for the Pacers to leapfrog ahead of the Bucks. And the Bulls, uh, Bulls now basically are. I guess they're they're out of it, or they're not they're out of it. They're out of catching uh, the sixth spot because they are thirty nine and forty one, and the Bucks have the tiebreaker. So even if the Bulls win out and the Bucks lose out, um, they would have the tiebreaker over the Bulls. So that's good. But the Heat are 39 and 41. If the Heat win out and the Bucks lose out, um, the Heat would actually have the tiebreaker over the Bucks. So basically, that's why five through eight, I guess, are still all in play for the Bucks right now. Um, even if it's more likely than not that they probably won't um, finish in the eight spot. So, have I confused you enough, Eric? Is, you have is, no. Yeah, okay. it, it makes sense. Um, the Raptors did lock up the third seed with their win over the Knicks earlier today. You did see that correctly. So the Raptors would be the three seed. So in my mind, the Bucks do not want to be the six seed. <laughs> I, I would not want – this team should not want to see the Raptors in the first round because it is a team that has just absolutely owned the Bucks for the last two years for sure. I'm trying to think if it even goes back three years, but I know for sure the last two years that some of the Bucks' ugliest losses – they don't seem to have any idea how to play the Raptors, um, and the Raptors just destroy them. And the Raptors get Lowry back. They now have Ibaka, and they they have P.J. Tucker, and they've kind of redone their team midseason and also just kind of gotten better versions of guys that would work for them. So they they are terrifying to me um for this bucks team so if they can some if the bucks could somehow get to seven to get the celtics or get to five to get the wizards i think that would be ideal but i guess the big thing with all of these is we say this matchup would be better or it'd be great if the bucks could get them the chance of them winning a series is still pretty low uh, like these teams are better than the bucks um just trying to figure out how much better or how the Bucks might match up is is kind of part of this fun that we have in the lead-up to the playoffs. But they would be underdogs in all of these series. Obviously, the, the other team is in the top four for a reason. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think... I think the Celtics would be the one that I would say is the Bucks' best matchup, but again, I don't know if I feel great about going into really any series uh, with this Bucks squad. Yeah, I, I think you know. Again, you're going to be in the five through eight spots because you weren't as good as the teams in the one through four spots. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and and especially with the Bucks, the way uh, they've struggled over the last week with without Malcolm Brogdon, I think um, that's kind of been a bit of a reality check, and it's. You know, as we've we've also mentioned, you know, the the, the close wins that they've had uh, since Chris Milton's come back that has, um, you know, dressed up the uh, the record beyond certainly where the point differential would suggest, you know, their their actual quality has been. Um, they've had a, a, a bunch of obviously big losses um, with big negative point differentials that have canceled out a lot of those um, narrow wins. So when you kind of look at an aggregate, the Bucks, 
you know, again, point differential being kind of the typically the best indicator of long term success um, and, and record uh, over time. Um, the Bucks have sort of been been um, bucking the <laughs> pun intended, I guess, bucking the uh, the the numbers from from what you would expect. But um, but yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting. Um, obviously, I think probably the, the the main thing here these next two games will be interesting to see how they handle Malcolm Brogdon um, if Brogdon is healthy. You know, I think probably the ideal scenario is um, you know if you can get Brogdon back tomorrow night and uh, get a win against the Charlotte Hornets at home close out the season uh, on a high note at home, clinch that winning record. Um, and then, you know, uh, to be honest, like with, with how many different uh, things can happen still in this race, I mean, sure, I would like to be seven, but, you know, again, uh, I'd, ra- I'd rather be seven than six because of the, the matchup issues, but whatever, you know, like, <laughs> like, I mean, playing the Celtics rather than the Raptors, um, I don't think you can, I don't think you want to put too fine a point on it necessarily. Uh, interestingly, the Raptors are the only team, um, the Celtics and Raptors are, are the two teams that the Bucks have beaten since Chris Middleton came back, um, of those sort of top four seeds. Um, they beat the Cavs obviously early in the season without Chris. Um, they lost, um, all their games to the, the Wizards save for the one where Giannis scored 39 that, I had the pleasure of attending without Chris, um, but we haven't seen them play the Wizards uh, with Chris. And uh, the game that they did play against the Raptors that they won actually was with Chris, but it was without Kyle Lowry. So obviously that, that has a bit of an asterisk on it as well. So, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I almost just want to say, hey, go out and try to win games. You know, you need to kind of get yourself right, I think, as a, as a team. Um, try to get back to playing better basketball. Uh, and hopefully you get Brogdon back tomorrow. Um, we'll see then what kind of happens on Wednesday. I think um, it's certainly possible if there's nothing to play for on Wednesday in Boston that that maybe um, you would see guys rested, especially a guy like Brogdon, you know, who's um, been coming off an injury. Why, you know, why risk him in a game that doesn't mean anything? Um, but obviously we'll see kind of what happens. And um, it, it seems like trying to predict anything three days in advance at this point of the season is <laughs> given how things have gone um, is a, uh, is a fool's errand, but, um, but at least the finish lies in sight here. So um, I'll, I'll certainly be hoping that they can pull out a win against the, the Hornets who um, obviously the last time we saw them, the Bucks played very well and hopefully they can kind of recapture that, especially with the Hornets. Um, obviously now uh, their season in terms of the playoff chase is also over. I think that's a, that's a funny thing to think about that you want, I guess just for my own mental health and my own belief in whether or not this team can do anything, like it would just be nice to see them play what I would call a good game. Like they beat the Sixers, but they didn't they didn't beat them in a convincing way. They didn't they didn't beat them in a way that made me think, oh, this team is is ready for the playoffs. So yeah, like you said, it would just be nice to see them actually play a good game and perform well and at least give off the vibe of a team ready for the playoffs, getting better, and uh, just being ready in for the postseason. So I think that'd be nice, but at the same time, with this team, it, it doesn't seem to matter what they did in their last game. It doesn't seem to matter what they've been doing recently. Sometimes they'll play good, sometimes they won't. Uh, so we'll just kind of see with this team. Uh, but yeah, clinching the playoffs is definitely a, a big deal and a, a big thing for this team and I, I guess this franchise and ownership and Giannis and re- really all parties involved. So um, just kind of a cool 
a cool thing to to see this team go through. Yeah, and just so to provide a bit more context, so the Bulls cannot catch the Bucks in the standings. The Heat, even though they're currently behind the Bulls, uh, again, because of the tiebreaker, in theory, they could. Um, the Heat, though, have Cleveland at home and then Washington at home to close out the season. We'll be really interested to see what happens uh, on Monday night uh, in Miami when the Cavs roll into town having just blown an embarrassing overtime game against uh, the Hawks. Um, you know, LeBron, I think, played like 45 minutes. Kyrie played a ton of minutes. Both of them had awesome games, but again, not enough to beat the Atlanta Hawks. Um, so might we see, you know, would the Cavs actually rest, uh, you know, some of those guys uh, in a game where they're, you know, still in a dogfight for, um, for the first overall seed or, or are they going to go for it? Um, you know, people always, I, I'm actually surprised. I'd be curious to know your, your opinion of this people. I feel like people minimize are, are, are kind of like minimizing the value of home court to the Cavs. Um, in, in a way that I, I get that you wouldn't count out LeBron. Like if the Cavs finish second, I don't think that makes the Celtics the favorites to win the East. But by the same token, I feel like people make it sound like it doesn't matter. Like I've literally heard people use the phrase, it doesn't matter if the Cavs have home court. And I think having home court does matter. I mean, just because they pulled off an incredible comeback last year and won an Oracle twice um, just to win a championship. I mean, you still want to play at home, don't you? I mean, it, it, if anything, you know, these these other teams that are taking aim at Cleveland, I mean, I know it's more important to them than the Cavs to have home court, but um, especially given the way the Cavs have been playing, I mean, you still, I mean, you still really want to have home court, don't you? Am I am I crazy here? No, you're not. Like, there's a difference between not counting out the Cavaliers because they have LeBron James and actively making things harder on yourself. Like, there's no reason that LeBron and the Cavs have to make everything as difficult as possible. That there's, but. Like it does matter. Having home games is better for you in the playoffs than having road games, and it it's just going to create a, a lot of situations that you shouldn't have to deal with. So, uh, yeah, that's crazy. I can't I can't believe someone would say that it, it doesn't matter. That's that's insane. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know, it's sort of things like how do you put a value on one more day of of not playing basketball? You know, I mean, that's kind of what it's kind of come down to, obviously with the season being so close to, to being over, um, you know, a question that obviously a lot of people are going to ask is, you know, does giving that extra one day of rest to LeBron, how much does that matter? I mean, to be honest, in the first round, I don't think it necessarily matters a whole lot. Um, I, I think they'd probably just be better. I mean, the, the thing that is funny about the Cavs is that it, it, so much gets made of the the resting guys. But I mean, LeBron's only rested a few games this season, which so I think it's just fact that it was on national tv made it a big deal but um more so it's just the minute load that he's been getting and the fact that teron luke can't figure out how to not play him you know upwards of 40 minutes every night that that's to me the crazy part and it's like you know it'd be one thing to rest him but I, how about just play him like low 30s some, do you, some of do these you think he has the, do you think he has that right who, sorry who has the right like tyron Lu to tell lebron that you don't get to play like that's honestly what I think it is. That because otherwise I it's beyond my comprehension that LeBron, with the insane workload he's had over the last six years, would be playing that much. Other than him not allowing 
Lou to take him out of games. Well, I mean, he, they've said that he has wanted to play in some of the games that he's been rested. So I think certainly the the resting of games seems to be something. And again, you know, they, it could just be BS and maybe he he's wanted to rest as well. But um, if you take them at face value, they, he has not wanted to sit out some of these games. And oh, and I can understand that, right? I mean, so a guy, I don't think a guy like LeBron wants to sit out a nationally televised no. game. Um, but obviously the question was, you know, could you play him fewer minutes in, in some of these games? I mean, he was playing, I think, to start the fourth quarter tonight when they were up by 20 plus points <laughs> against the Hawks, right? I mean, uh, like, no, like I'm like, not it, saying he couldn't be used much better. I'm just saying that part of me thinks that LeBron is just going to tell Tyron Lue, like, no, I'm going to play. And I'm going to play all these minutes. Well, but I mean, Tyron Lue has got to say no. I mean, we're up 20 plus points. Tron Lou, I think at that point, should be saying, let's get you a blow. Uh, we got a game tomorrow night. Um, and it didn't matter today. They lost anyway, right? <laughs> but uh, but, uh, but it was, yeah, I don't know. So it, it's a, that's that's a problem for the Cleveland Cavaliers to figure out, I guess. And, and hopefully the Bucks are not going to face them in the first round. Um, but I guess we, we will see sort of how these, all the different permutations work out here over the next couple of days. I think if you're the Bucks. Look, you go out tomorrow night or, or tonight when you're listening to this against the Charlotte Hornets. You try to win that game, and um, I, I don't know. I'm, I really don't want the Bucks to suffer a letdown here. I, I feel like it, just just do fans that one solid. Get to 23 and 18. It's the record the Bucks have at home every year. Um, let's go out on a winning <laughs> note in the regular season, and uh, and you know then maybe take some of the pressure off of uh, Wednesday because if they lose. They could be going into Wednesday trying to avoid the eight seed, right? We don't we don't know. I know yeah. it kind of depends on what happens thereafter. Um, one, uh, just because I because I we didn't really talk much about the game at all. Um, we've talked a lot about Delhi and his floaters, and um, we you know obviously a lot of people complain about Delhi, but Delhi floaters closing out that game. How about that? how about that? He had and, eight points and the best Delhi dime of the year. Wait, wait, which one was that? The like over his shoulder to Monroe. Um, Shoot, when what? I'm trying to think. He threw one over his shoulder to Monroe, and yeah, it was it was a deli dime, and maybe the best of the season. Yeah, he had um, eight points and two assists uh, in the fourth quarter. I mean, he came back with let's see, uh, six forty three left in the fourth, and uh, <laughs> uh, I guess the downside is if Deli now thinks that this is what he can do, that might be a bad thing. But um, the deli floaters, uh, he was three out of four. From the field, two out of two from the foul line, um, two assists, one turnover to close out the game, and um, yeah. So, so uh, hey, whatever it takes. That, I guess it was interesting, right? Because he was playing for much of the night against uh, T.J. McConnell, who is is basically sort of <laughs> a has some deli like qualities. Um, although it's it's interesting with with McConnell because he's kind of one of those guys that you want to root for because. Um, you know, he's small. He was not expecting, he was undrafted. He was not expected to be a guy that, uh, that was going to be, you know, an NBA player, but ah, man, and, and he's, and he's squirrely and he's to hustle defensively, et cetera, et cetera. But he's kind of one of those guys you look at and you, and you love sort of his unselfishness and some of his playmaking, but you kind of wondered, like, I mean, he's so resistant to taking shots, especially shooting from the perimeter that I, I just like, don't think you can play a guy like that in the you can't i don't think you can start a guy like that in the modern nba and i think it'll especially be interesting next year um i don't think you know the the sixers are hoping that he's going to be their starting point guard next year but uh but it'll, i think it'll be interesting to see because 
I mean, with Ben Simmons, you know, theory being a guy that that was going to handle the ball a lot, um, you, you just can't have a point guard who just is afraid to shoot, right? I mean, it's just it just you, you can't play basketball like that anymore. And you know, we've complained about Delhi and and even Brogdon, um, who are you know Brogdon's over forty percent, Delhi's I think around thirty seven percent. You know, we complain about them because they just kind of don't crank up shots quickly enough. Um, but to have a guy who just doesn't want to shoot at all, um, I think that's that's a tough way to make a living. But uh, but yeah, um, and also uh, I thought it was interesting. I mean, Spencer Hawes actually had a really important impact in this game. Um, he had eight points in the second quarter. Uh, the Bucks had a, uh, a a little spurt there um, to 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 make up some ground. They need it. Um, and, like they needed it yeah, desperately. Yeah. He he and Giannis had some nice combinations. I think Giannis had like three assists, I think, on, on some of his buckets. Um and and so that was important. So Spencer Howe's returning to Philly and uh helping the I mean, realistically helping the Sixers out, right? <laughs> but um but the Bucks I think were down like nine at one point in the second quarter and uh and then they, they narrowed the the gap a bit there going into uh going into halftime and and then obviously sees control. So, you know, again, uh, not the kind of convincing effort you would have liked to see, um, but they at least got, you know, enough from Giannis, again, being Giannis, and, you know, Spencer Hawes and even Delhi um, making some plays throughout this game, and and obviously Greg Monroe as well, um, having a pretty big, I think he had 11 points in the second half to uh, to try to kind of put the put this team away. So, um, I don't know any other thoughts on on the game on Saturday or or what you're looking forward to this week. I don't think so. Um, it, it'll just be interesting to see if this team can get right at some point. And and I think the biggest thing for me is Middleton. Like he goes three for eleven in this game. So now it's been three for eleven against Philly, four for ten against Indiana, four for eleven against OKC, five for fifteen against Dallas. And then he'd have two two pretty nice games against Boston, uh, eight for fourteen with nineteen points, and against Detroit, nine of sixteen with twenty five. But these last four, I mean, that's that's pretty brutal stuff. And then add on top that he was one for eight from three against Dallas, one for three from three against uh, OKC, one for two from three against Indiana, and zero for one from three against Philly. So. He's only made he's he's making less than a three a game, and uh, it, it's just been kind of ugly, ugly stuff from Middleton as of late. So we'll see if he can get right and uh, get back on the right track because uh, I don't I don't see this team having much of a chance in the playoffs in any game, let alone a series in any game if Middleton is playing that poorly because Giannis, especially in the playoffs, Giannis needs a running mate yeah for sure and and it's it's interesting we talked um a couple weeks ago about that that the mean reversion was going to come for chris middleton this was when he was shooting i think 49 percent from the field 48 percent from three and I, that's kind of exactly what we've gotten you look at his numbers right now he's shooting 44.8 percent from the field his career number 44.9 percent from three he's at 41.4 percent right now his career mark is 40.2 percent He's shooting 87.9% from the foul line. He's an 87.4% career shooter. Well, if so everything's evened out, like now let's just start seeing that. Yeah, just just do that. Yeah, That's just fine. be just be the uh the the 40% three-point shooter from here on out. I think his last four games um let's see, I think he's 3 out of 14. So, um, again, not a lot of volume um in those four games and obviously um, under 20%, which, you know, is, is not going to, uh, going to keep up and, and also only five free throw attempts in those last four games. So, you know, again, struggling with his jump shot and, and obviously the concern with Chris is always that, 
uh, he kind of boards that tough shot express and um, you know doesn't draw fouls and kind of makes life a bit more challenging for himself than than maybe it needs to be. So um, so yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know. I mean, we we kind of talked a little bit going to the All Star break. You know, you mentioned how getting the All Star break in right after he came back was probably a bad thing for him just because he'd finally started to get some rhythm and obviously he hadn't played basketball. So it's not like he was fatigued from, you know, playing a bunch of, you know, regular season basketball at that point. Um, so he was just trying to get his conditioning and then he gets the break. Um, we'll be interested to see what they, what they do if, if, uh, if they have their, their themselves locked in, um, on Wednesday, uh, do they, you know, play Chris modest minutes? Do they not play him at all? Um, kind of what, what option do they have? But either way, uh, if I'm a, a Boston area Bucks fan, I'm probably being a bit skeptical about buying tickets to that game just in case um, somebody does get uh, somebody does get rested. Um, but either way, hopefully the Bucks are will have a winning record. Knock on wood, and um, everything at that point would uh, would be gravy. And you know, again, who knows how these uh, the different permutations will work out. But yes, Chris Middleton has mean reverted now. Just if he if he just does his averages i think we'll all be pretty happy i would agree i i think that would that would make me a, a lot happier and uh, i think that would make watching the bucks uh, quite a bit more enjoyable if chris could come back to those levels so we'll see if we can get that done that's gonna be it for us today on locked on bucks the bucks are in the playoffs but the bucks still have some work to do and the bucks still have to try to figure out where they're going to be and who they're going to be playing and what's going to be going on. But we'll find all of that out uh, as the week goes on. Um, so we will we'll see where that goes. Uh, but for Frank Men, I'm Eric Name. This has been Locked on Bucks. Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details.